0: Alright everybody, welcome to the April 18th edition of Cascadian Views. i got Dan and Chris with me here again this week. Uh, we're, we're looking at some things. It's been a week. How are you guys doing?
1: Good, how are you? Doing
0: alright. I am doing better. Um, we mentioned before the show that I got my first shot of the vaccine this week, so I've joined the half of Americans who have gotten at least one shot so far uh really yeah, i
1: saw that statistic that's pretty cool mm-hmm.
0: we are we are definitely moving up in there um and i guess we'll we'll start with the vaccination front because there's been a, a couple little stories one of which i actually have in the uh topic list here the johnson johnson vaccine was uh pulled they suspect it will be brief um Fosse was on TV today saying that uh, he doesn't expect we're just going to get rid of it, that it will be back. Uh, there have been 7 million doses of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine provided in the United States so far. There have been 6 cases of severe blood clotting, so a little bit more than a 1 million side effect. That's also pretty close to the background incident of... Uh, severe blood clotting in the population at large so they're not a hundred percent sure that these things are linked but because they ran the clinical trials in parallel instead of you know subsequently they're being very cautious with this and they have pulled that vaccine from use Um, I don't know how much it's going to matter at, at this point the people who want the vaccine are signing up for the vaccine the people who don't want the vaccine or just not so I, I don't know how much supply is really digging into it at this point
2: well and also you've got two other vaccines out there as well in mm. circulation so yeah it's moving right along and moving in a very good clip i think we're well past two million a day that are being administered so mm. you know we're nearly 1% of the population is getting a shot a day. Which is pretty astonishing.
0: When Biden first came into office, his plan was to do 100 million vaccinations in the first 100 days. Everybody thought that that was pretty risky, that that was pretty quick. It looks like we're blowing past it. Like, just in the rearview mirror getting smaller and smaller as we go by. I mean, probably going to be hitting somewhere
2: close to... 150, 160 million, I think, by day 100, I want to say. So, yeah, fantastic.
0: There is increasing uh, resistance to vaccination, particularly among Republicans. Uh, Something like half of Republicans say that they don't intend to get vaccinated. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. weirdly partisan in a way I don't really understand. I mean, just tell them, Trump developed the vaccines. They were they were made while he was in office. I, I don't <laughs> see why they're pushing back so hard on this.
1: Well, everything yeah. must be partisan now.
0: Yeah. It is... Sorry, go ahead, Dan.
2: Yeah, it's kind of born of a whole belief that the disease itself is this hoax, this made-up plot that was invented to kick Trump out of office in the first place so the vaccine or conceding to conceding to the disease's existence in any way is you know, a betrayal of Trump so
0: uh, kind of on that note there was a big photo op that um, God, what's her name the, the young one the young Trump uh, Ivanka uh, right Ivanka, yeah, yeah. She, uh, I was uh going to say which yeah I I realized after I said the young one I, people are probably going to say baron but I meant Ivanka um, she did a big photo op getting her vaccine the other day trying to I guess encourage republicans to get it which is you know helpful I guess you're still a shitty person but you're helping out um more than
2: her father did.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> Very much so. Speaking of everything having to be partisan, did you read W's op ed or did you watch his Sunday show appearances today?
1: I have not I read about it. I didn't actually see it itself.
0: Yeah, he he's trying to show Republicans the light on, on immigration, as I put it. Um He's calling back to his Pathway to Citizenship bill, talking about the rhetoric that Republicans use to discuss immigrants and how dehumanizing it is. Um, w was really the last Republican who believed in that thought that uh, Hispanics were essentially a, a fertile recruiting ground for the Republican Party, that they're highly religious, very family oriented, that they are a natural fit for a conservative party. Um, in fact, at one point, he had a majority-minority cabinet when he was governor of Texas. Um, and he's, he's really kind of hitched his brand to trying to turn Republicans back to that that thought process on immigration. I don't know how well it's going to work, but he, he really did take him behind the woodshed in a way that I wasn't expecting a former Republican president to talk about his own party it was it was pretty strange to me, yeah,
2: yeah, I mean, I haven't read the editorial, but I mean, I'm familiar with you know his history, and he definitely did better than most Republicans had performed with those demographics had since uh, it's. A little strange. I mean, there's been at least a bit of a dead cat bounce in performance, at least among those groups. Trump, I mean, his performance at least improved in you know the last cycle or so. In,
0: in specific in areas, it, it wasn't well, an across-the-board thing. Like he didn't substantially yeah. improve in Arizona, for example, but in the Rio Grande Valley where there's really? a lot of, like, Hispanic farmers and whatnot. He he almost flipped it on its head from what it was before. He got a, a wide yeah. majority of those votes. Same thing in Miami, which is one of America's right. most heavily Hispanic cities in the country. He, he did just so much better. Um, but really only in the percentages. The number of Hispanics voting for... Uh, Clinton and voting for um, Biden remained about the same. He just managed to pull up another, like, 400,000 Hispanics out of nowhere <laughs> to mm-hmm. vote for him. Um, Interesting. Yeah, and Bush really wants that more, the more broad-based appeal to the Hispanic community. He, he talked about looking for common ground rather than common enemies. Um mm-hmm. It's just a much more kind of touchy-feely vibe, and it is. He he had to fight his party even back in like two thousand four, two thousand six, over the uh, the comprehensive the immigration, immigration bill. reform bill. Yeah. yeah, he ended up losing that fight too to the other Republicans.
2: Right. I mean, that was really those. Those were the days of uh, Tom Tancredo and uh, all those creatures. It was uh, you know Louis Gohmert was also really making his stride back in those days too
1: uh-huh. yeah yeah I, hmm. I mean i guess i would feel <coughs> that's always been bush's position on this and it's totally um totally sincere and i don't doubt that but then i also remember how merrily he went after the lg not he himself but you know off yeah. offsourced it to his campaign went yeah. after the lgbt community to get re-elected in 2004 yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there
0: is like personal history with this though as well his brother is married to a hispanic lady he himself uh it was he cut his own spanish language ads and i'm not fluent in spanish so i i can't really tell you anything but it was it was widely said that he was uh, a better speaker in spanish than it was in english That he had a better command uh, to it. It's just, it's something he had lived his whole life around. In both Florida and Texas, heavily Hispanic. It's something he wasn't unfamiliar with or scared of or whatnot. It, It reflects personal experience, I think, more than anything else. And one of the things I think we've kind of lost in the last few decades here is communities are getting increasingly segregated, not by law, but just by the facts, you know, property values and white flight and all that. We're we're kind of self-selecting and economically selecting into homogenous bundles of people, basically, um, and that I think is is kind of dangerous for the future of the country. Yeah, you know, when you have people who who live a life uh, that sees other people as valid, you get things like the the immigration position of the w administration even if everything else about the w administration was super shitty the fact that he had lived his entire life among these people meant he couldn't really pull the trigger and being an asshole to them
1: yeah and genuinely didn't want to i mean this really is where his heart is i believe that
0: Yeah, I mean, even shitty Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito was the first (laughs) Hispanic put on the court there by W, and he was very proud of that fact. Mm. Alright, so, uh, speaking of racism... (laughs) Tracy, you had posted a link in the group (laughs) earlier this week about a new, I believe it was called America First or First America or something caucus, which aimed to hold together Anglo-Saxon political traditions. This was a... architecture. And architecture. Architecture. I hadn't noticed that one. What, are we building longhouses? (laughs) Oh, man.
1: It wasn't totally clear what they were on about, but...
0: I mean that's all I can think about for Anglo Saxon architecture. Cause they, they didn't do Stonehenge. Stonehenge was the Celts. They did longhouses. By the time the Normans and the the Vikings had invaded and the Dane Law was created and that you were getting some more stuff, but it wasn't Anglo Saxon. They were pretty much like almost cavemen. Not not quite so much, but I mean even the Romans didn't bother with them. They were just the natives yeah weird to me i don't think anglo-saxon architecture is really like fertile ground for for any sort of pride um but the the caucus got a lot of pushback from republicans even some who said that they were creating it now said that that's a media lie and that they had nothing to do with it um the republican leadership has kind of put the kibosh on it, it looks like it's going absolutely nowhere. That's that's fair to say, correct?
1: Yeah, um, it seems to be true. Well, and like you said, Miss Marjorie Taylor Greene herself has claimed that she has no idea. It was a unapproved memo from her staff, and <laughs> she has no intention of starting any such caucus, even though four people were already including her, we're already signed on to it, and then um, our friend Matt Gates jumped on it, too. As I could have probably expected. <laughs>
0: uh, has there been any movement on the Gates thing, uh, Dan?
2: I mean, well,
0: let's see here. Since the last week, wasn't
2: there the... Uh, didn't you post the story that the New York Times had his friend... Making a plea or something like yeah, that?
0: Yeah. We we briefly talked about that last week, but I'll I'll bring that up again then. Um yeah, so the guy who was involved with Gates and setting all these up and procuring prostitutes and whatnot has uh I, I guess late last year, although it only came out um in a court filing a couple weeks ago, but he has turned state's evidence. He's signed a cooperation agreement with the prosecution uh in return for you know consideration in his sentencing he's gonna be giving up some information and helping out their investigation. I mentioned last week the f b i does not roll down you you roll up, so that's that is bad news for gates. They're not flipping this guy so that they can arrest more prostitutes. They're flipping this guy so they can arrest gates <laughs> uh, looking forward to it, yeah, yeah. He, It'll be fun um, Some of the women gave an interview to New York Times this last week where they uh, talked about how much uh... Congressman Oops. Matt Gates avoided sorry I had an auto plane video in the background when I loaded up this news article uh, talked about how Gates would share uh, ecstasy and cocaine with them. How he'd show up uh, in his formal wear from political event. He'd come over right after so that he could, you know, get up to his fun time. Uh, it's just, it's looking so bad for him. <laughs> I just... And
1: I, and still, the total number of congressional Republicans who have publicly called for something to be done.
0: Really just Kingsinger, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um cnn has now also got in their hand on the venmo and apple pay receipts from gates to to these women previously only the new york times had them uh they're now kind of filtering out to the rest of the the media at this point um, all the receipts that cnn has took place between 2018 and 2019. Uh, nobody has mentioned any 2020 receipts, so at this point, I'm actually impressed he respected quarantine. I guess mm. that would be that would be my best case scenario takeaway. Uh, Gates spokesman did not have any response to this, except to say that uh, whenever the media has an anonymous source, it means they're making shit up. being persecuted still. Now, it, what is interesting is that one of the, the women who provided the receipts and whatnot to the news agency did so because she thought that Gates was being unfairly treated by the media. That he was a John and not a trafficker and she wanted to prove that. I don't think that's a kind of help he really
1: appreciates. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Perfect. You guys, stop going after him. He was so generous with his cocaine and ecstasy. Yeah, that's yeah, basically on. what she
0: was saying. She's like, this is what everybody who rents a hooker does. They pay you money, they provide little <laughs> treats, and they get their fun. Gates was not trafficking women in on planes and shit. He was just a hardworking American man enjoying his prostitutes.
1: <laughs> And you know what? God bless him. Mutually consensual. I don't really care. But him being a Republican and the kind of Republican he is and doing that, these people are just such hypocritical slime monsters.
0: He uh, he even wrote a book when he first got to Washington talking about how hard you have to avoid any, uh, like, uh, sexual temptations and how you have to be a good boy and how he's going to be a good boy because he just focuses on his work. It's hilarious reading excerpts from that book now that you know everything that went down. All right. Let's uh, circle back around to the actual topic list. Um, The the other bit of congressional news, uh, Chris, (coughs) I'm sorry, you posted in there that We've now got a DC statehood bill uh perkling up through Congress. Yep.
1: Yeah, it was introduced in the House and it also has apparently this was as of a few days ago, so I don't know if it shifted, but it has forty four the Senate version has forty four Senate sponsors. Um forty four, of course, is not fifty plus one, which is the very, very best case of how we could possibly do it. So mm-hmm. it's questionable what the next moves are on this, but it's there, and that's something.
0: Has DC submitted a application for statehood?
1: I don't know. I know they're... Um...
0: Because Congress can't just make them a state. They have to ask to be a state, and then Congress admits them. Right. <laughs>
1: I mean, they may have been. They may actually have a while ago.
2: I believe... Let's see here. Statehood movement. Let's see here. Let me see here.
0: I do know they had a non-binding referendum uh, a couple of years back in which statehood was the top uh, like vote-getter in that, but I don't know if the government has ever like made any actual moves to ask for that.
1: Um, As I'm looking for the answer to that Full House scheduled to vote Thursday So what Mm -hmm. happened earlier this week Is it came out of committee in the House Yeah. So there's actually a vote scheduled
2: I mean of course It's it's the Senate still that's going to be The hold up As always I think they, they might have actually had a vote on it In the House In the previous session I'm not sure
0: So, aside from full statehood, the other option that I've seen people kicking around is returning D.C. to Virginia to get it out of its, you know, kind of special status and put it into a state. The the land that D.C. was on was taken from Virginia. There's supposed Mm -hmm. to be another half that was taken from Maryland on the other side of the Potomac, but they ended up not. Or I might have that reversed. They may have taken it from Maryland and given it to... D.C. and not taking the stuff. Uh, let me look at a map here real quick.
1: Yeah, and that's that's one of the favorite Republican versions you see sometimes is right. let's give all the land back to, back to the states and just have a tiny little district.
0: Okay, yeah, right. excuse me. It would be giving it back to Maryland. They took land from Maryland for D.C. They were supposed to take the other half on the other side of the Potomac from Virginia for whatever reason. That never ended up happening, so D.C. has only been the, uh, the Maryland half since it was created. Mm-hmm. I mean, politi- politically, it would give them representation, but right. on the other hand, um, just in the, the real politic of it, we don't really need to shore up either Maryland or Virginia. <laughs> right.
2: Better would be to, I don't know, put it into West Virginia or something, might be
0: Tilt it. <laughs> you know, so surprisingly, I think that might. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could talk me into that one. Half a million people. I mean, what's the per- current population of West Virginia?
0: They got two two house members, so it's got to be a little bit. Uh, let's see here.
1: Yeah, here in Vermont, we respect anyone who gets two House members. (laughs) Probably wouldn't be enough to tip it, but it would be...
0: 1.7 million, I'm seeing. Yeah. It would make it kind of purplish, I bet. Hold on. One second. Let's see how many votes there were in West Virginia in 2020. Um... There was 800,000 votes in West Virginia in 2020, um, and Republicans got 545,000 of them. Let me look up 2020 votes in D.C.
1: All right, I'm on board. Um, There
0: was 350,000 votes in D.C. in 2020, so that if all those votes voted Democrat and basically all of them did, well, <laughs> do. yeah, that that would have been enough to flip uh, West Virginia.
2: Nice. All oh, right. Just... Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Hey, so then know, Manchin, could, about... Manchin could like that then. Yeah. 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 That's how we do this.
0: <laughs> One of us should pitch it to him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right. And I guess the other bit of national news is that Biden has announced an end to the Afghan war that's going to be coming up on September 11th, the anniversary of 9-11, which was the kind of the thing that kicked off the Afghanistan war. The reason that we went in there in the first place. Um, Kind of weird to me that we're getting out of Afghanistan before we're getting out of Iraq. Anybody else feel that's that's odd? I mean, at this point, Afghanistan is
2: less of a mess, kind of.
0: Yeah, but also at this point, Afghanistan does still kind of want us there. And, you yeah. uh, know, I mean, I felt okay going into Afghanistan. I don't think I feel okay knowing it's a 20-year thing now. But at the time... Uh, it was a pretty clear connection between bin laden and the september 11th attacks uh the taliban government afghanistan at the time had been actively shielding bin laden and allowing him to prepare and orchestrate that attack from afghanistan um it just seemed like a much more understandable reaction to the september 11th attacks than iraq was uh like a year later which came out of left field and really didn't seem to touch on anything. Um, and the government of Iraq really does more or less want us out of there. <laughs> um, whereas the government of Afghanistan is pretty chill with us being there. Uh, they they appreciate the security help, probably because their security forces absolutely suck. Mm-hmm. I mean,
2: going into <coughs> Afghanistan was you know, logically connected to the attack of September 11th. Our continued presence in Afghanistan is increasingly increasingly tenuous is in terms of its connection to that. I, I mean I can understand why, you know, the current government of Afghanistan would appreciate our presence there. They can't they can't defeat the Taliban on their own. Uh so they're going to have to come up with some kind of settlement or some manner of coexistence.
0: You know, with an extremely hostile force. Yeah, and I'm I'm not so, so sure I can accept that. I mean, like yeah. allowing the Taliban back into power means no more women's education. Uh, yeah. It means a very very curtailed human rights. It means a lot of the positive steps Afghanistan has made. And I'm not saying the war has been an unabashed positive for them. Like not at all. It's been a lot of bad things, but good has come out of that and I I just have a hard time with casting a bunch of humanity back into the the hands of what was an absolutely a liberal regime as I talked about China and Taiwan and Chris's post in the group just uh, like 20 minutes ago yeah I mean what I've
2: at least the way I've seen it described and I can kind of make some sense to me we traded away a lot of that opportunity for the chance to get bin Laden you know, a lot of the cooperation we had from the government of Pakistan you know, we, you know, which we would have needed in order to get rid of the Taliban we ended up getting rid of a lot of that goodwill because we needed to get bin Laden and we did need to get bin Laden there was no way that we could have allowed him to continue to survive there there was just not something that the US government could have continued to allow allow him to continue to be alive and on this planet Mm -hmm. Uh, but that was really the trade off and without that cooperation we're just There, And, you know, we'll have a reduced presence and there will still be some, there will still be, you know, I guess, uh, private military contractors working with the U.S. government in Afghanistan as our third party working with the Afghan government. So we'll never be completely severed from Afghanistan, but at least the us military is no longer going to be there at least that's what biden says i don't know it's a big tangled mess and i'm this is making me feel old as hell because this all got started when i was a a kid
0: uh-huh.
2: <laughs> there there are soldiers there that are fighting that were not born when all this got started
0: which is also very very strange Kind of an off the wall idea, but if Afghanistan is going to need help and Pakistan's not going to give it, Pakistan has the, the largest border with Afghanistan, the second largest border with Afghanistan is Iran. Yeah, I I don't know if <laughs> yeah, we exactly
2: Chris has got there. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> like I, I, I don't know how that's going to work. Like, there's part of me that says maybe if they want to like show that they're not um, a terrorist state and that they can be a trusted partner maybe they'll pitch in but the other part of me looks at what they did in syria and just says not a chance in hell but that would be my other thought was that maybe iran could pitch in but who the fuck knows yeah and they're not exactly the most liberal society in the world anymore either Used to be back in, you know, the sixties and seventies, not so much now. Wait, what? Yeah. Iran? Yeah. Before the Islamic Revolution in seventy nine, Iran was rather progressive. I mean kinda. I mean you still had a pretty terrifying
2: regime under the Shah. That's true. But I mean
1: politically progressive at all. They were they were socially kind of cosmopolitan. Yeah, in yeah mm-hmm. I suppose that's true.
0: Yeah, sorry, I was looking at this mostly through the framework of, like I mentioned earlier, women's education and, and yeah. whatnot, uh, which used to be something that Iran was actually pretty pro uh, until that's the clerics took over. That's true. Yeah. Do you think Did we actually just, uh... leave on nine eleven? Hmm.
1: You know, Trump has piped up about that today. So oh, he has. <laughs> he says we should leave sooner because 9 11 should be a sacred blah, 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 blah. Oh. Well, I see. <laughs> and, you know, to give him no real credit, he did. <laughs> he was ready to totally withdraw every single person gone until. I was yeah. The senior military people basically refused. He he was yeah, that's right. He was gonna
2: invite the Taliban and you know have a big Rose Garden ceremony with them <laughs> on 9 so I remember sure. that. Yeah.
0: It's yeah. certainly holding that memory sacred.
2: Yeah, Nixon and China and all
0: that. <laughs> Do you guys remember the Bamayan Buddhas?
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that was that was way back in the day.
0: Not yeah. so that was like six months before we invaded Afghanistan. And looking back at it, I always thought it was weird. That was the summer before September 11th. Um, yeah. And so when that came down, it was it was weirdly like the piece of, of backstory in a film or something to kind of explain to you who everybody is. Like that really did just cover the news for like a week. Uh, I learned everything I ever wanted to know about Afghanistan and the Taliban and what sort of people they were. And then, like, six months later, we invade. I always right. thought that that worked out very, very strangely. It was like exposition from a movie.
1: <laughs> well,
2: yeah. yeah. And, yeah, we, you yeah, know, there was, they first, the Taliban were first taking over in the 90s. And you kind of hear a little bit about it and you're middle school classroom and, like, here are these people that are, yeah, shutting down all the women's schools and stuff like that. And, yeah. Mm.
0: Brutal, brutal. Just the... The older I get, the more, like, actually offended I get over things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, what happened in Hong Kong the last couple of years has really just absolutely incensed me um this idea that people who who had a a functioning vibrant democracy can have that taken away not through their own actions but through you know uh, a tyrant who's just imposing their will and whatnot and i have a hard time thinking about afghanistan because i really I don't like the imperialist nature uh, of a lot of these conflicts where we think we can run things better, but I also appreciate the steps that we've taken to promote human rights and, and freedom and whatnot. And it's just, it's a circle that I'm never going to be able to square really. Like uh, yeah. if, if China started doing anything with Taiwan, I would 100% be behind sending the U S fleet into there. I mean, damn the war that that would cause. Damn anything. Like, these are our values. We need to stand up for them, and I'm not going to sacrifice millions of people just because the tyrant can be a dick. Um, And Afghanistan, I I feel very much the same way. Like, I I don't think we should be in charge of these people's lives. I believe that they should be. But if we're not the ones in charge, the Taliban is just going to take over through guns again. Mm -hmm. I It's... It's such a difficult situation. I really don't think that there are any right answers to that.
1: There's nothing about it that isn't completely tragic because uh, I think everything that's been said so far is right. We needed to do that. That was the war we actually needed to do while we were ignoring it, you know, half doing it, <laughs> concentrating on Iraq. Ed like we needed to go in there and then we had a responsibility to reconstruct once we were in there and we just didn't do any of it right and you know what's, what's the answer stay another 20 years if we yeah. had a clear plan maybe but we've had literal decades to like get a coherent plan for what we were going to do and what we totally do have a moral responsibility to have done and we haven't Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: all right well now that we're all depressed let's turn that around to our local stories um dan you have a, a bunch of news about police reform bills in washington you want to tell us a bit about that absolutely so i mean yeah trying to figure out a way
2: to make Policing a little bit more just and a little bit less harsh, and make the, I guess, the violence that seems to be inherent in policing a little bit less harmful and a little bit less likely to fall upon, you know, F, uh, racial minorities, or less likely to fall upon racial minorities, has been one of the topics that's been, you know, with our. Uh, legislature this session and they've had a whole, about a dozen just shy of a dozen bills that have come out this session that have either passed or are about to pass and get to the governor's desk um mostly focusing on procedure and uh i've been i posted a story in our group chat and i've been following a link from uh representative uh Let's see here. Uh, Representative Deborah Entman of uh, Kent, uh, basically covering all of these uh, bills. Uh, and some of them, actually, we were talking about this, surprisingly had you know some bipartisan support. Uh, at a baseline, the one that we were talking about uh, was uh, concerning uh, collection of law enforcement data, uh, basically, when uh, there is any kind of use of force uh, you know, making sure that the data on that is collected uh, so that it can be studied uh, and further action can be taken by uh, policymakers. Uh, this is one that was basically supported by almost all legislators. Uh, there was only a couple of votes against, so robust bipartisan support uh, all the way across the board. Uh, a number of other uh, at bills that have been passed and are awaiting the governor's signature coming down the pike. Let me see if I can find some of the highlights here. Uh, bills to create an independent agency investigating deadly uses of force. Uh, this one, unfortunately, a little bit less bipartisan. Uh, looks like this was uh, pretty much party line vote. Uh, maybe a few, looks like maybe Republican votes in favor in the House. This was another one that was uh, sponsored by Representative Entenmann. Uh Let's see here. I, uh, let's see here. A uh, bill f- establishing a duty of reasonable care for police officers when using force, uh, including exhausting all available de-escalation techniques and considering the characteristics and conditions of the person that they're being applied, that... Force is being applied to and terminating the use of force as soon as possible using less lethal alternatives. So again, uh, elevating the standards that have to be considered before a police officer can use deadly force. Uh, this is one of those things that has come up again and again in so many of these cases in the last few years when officers have used deadly force. Uh, one of the things that is basically been allowed allowed them to get off without sometimes even a trial has been that the use of force has been found to be within the scope of you know the allowable you know rules of engagement and so not it hasn't even been found to be a violation yeah you know, not even a criminal charge or even an administrative charge so this it elevates you know the standards of conduct considerably uh, this one an even narrower vote so yeah, obviously, this one here was a looks like this is a very tight party line vote here. Uh, this was a uh, representative uh, sponsored by Representative Jesse Johnson of Federal Way. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see here. Any other biggies here that look like they'll be of pretty strong consequence here? Oh, yeah, the other one we were talking about was the duty to intervene. Mm-hmm. Uh, Senate Bill 5066 requires officers to intervene and report. When they see one of their own uh, violating someone's rights or using unnecessary force. Uh, let's see here. And this is uh, sponsored by uh, Senator Dingra, uh, passed uh, the Senate and the House. Uh, looks like pretty bipartisan support in the House, less so in the Senate. So, yeah, this, uh, like I said, 11 of these that are awaiting the governor's signature. Uh, So many tragic, tragic stories nationally that we've seen over the last, even in the last week. I mean, you know, the story in Chicago just a few days ago, just terrifying. And they seem to be interrupting each other as it goes on and on. So hopefully some encouraging changes here to the way some of these uh, practices are done. And hopefully they bear some fruit by some of these local changes here. And this, uh, is taken as a model elsewhere. And hopefully these changes that can be built on going further.
0: It's very liberating to see actual movement on, on some of these bills and, you know, Washington is a state that does get things done, um, Mm -hmm. in a very, very impressive way. And I have to hand it to you guys. Um, most other places, lots of what ifs and if onlys and we coulds and and whatnot. Washington is actually putting pen to paper and pushing stuff through the legislature. Well, you absolutely
2: have to. I mean, it's you know you've got when you've got a trifecta like this, especially with pretty significant majorities in both the House and the Senate. I think it's a moral imperative to respond. You know. To these you know, mm-hmm. issues, especially in cities like Seattle, where, you know, we're, I guess, uh, states like Washington, which have cities like Seattle, where you know, Seattle PD has come under significant scrutiny in the past for its treatment of African Americans, uh, there, there's a moral imperative to respond. And so I hope that this is at least going to generate better practice and if it doesn't then it's going to require further reform and further, further scrutiny and further action but yeah at least it's a start
0: absolutely mm-hmm. alright I, I think that's our topic list for the week is there anything else anybody wanted to mention
1: um, the verdict on this very topic we've just been talking about the verdict oh. and the show trials probably coming out this coming week That's right. Any day now. That was a pretty quick trial.
0: I'm kind of used to murder trials lasting months, and this lasted like three weeks. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, uh, Dan, did you watch any of that? um, That trial? I
2: have have not. I've kind of checked in on some of the developments from day to day. I, I feel like it's going towards a conviction but uh, it's tough to say you're not really sure what a jury is thinking
0: but and forgive me if this maybe gets a little bit too personal I can edit it out if you want but do you have any trial experience? Uh, like in any kind of criminal cases? yeah no (laughs) No? okay I was just curious All right. well yeah I guess we'll talk about that next week assuming it comes in uh, we may have a dirty cop off the streets. It would be nice mm-hmm. to see a little bit of accountability. Absolutely. You know. All right. Well, have a good week, guys. Thanks for joining me.
1: Yeah, you too. All Bye-bye. Right.